朋友们，大家好。Hello, friends. Welcome to Spiritual Wai Mai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 ，delivering the spiritual food to you wherever you are. 无论你在何处，我们为你速递属天灵粮。This spiritual Wai Mai is a part of a series entitled "Mission Accomplished: The Mission of Jesus Christ, as Told by Matthew and Now Lived Out by You and Me." In Matthew chapter twenty-four, Jesus gives the disciples and us a chilling description of the difficult times ahead, leading up to his glorious return. After his foretelling of wars, earthquakes, famines, and the day of distress, the disciples and all of us who are living in times much closer to this day than the disciples were living in are all left wondering: How can we be ready for such a trial? In Matthew 25, Jesus uses virgins, servants, sheep, and goats to paint a colorful word mural of what that time will be like when He returns. When we look at all three stories together, we see that Jesus gives us a solid plan of how to be ready for the days ahead. From the virgins, we learn to be watchful and prepare. From the servants, we learn to get to work with what God has given us, and from the sheep and the goats, we learn to compassionately serve those in need. Ten virgins, be prepared and watch. Matthew chapter twenty-five verses one to thirteen. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, "Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him!" Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, "Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out." No, they replied, "There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell the oil and buy some for yourselves." But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, "Open the door for us." But he replied, "Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour." The ten virgins all were very similar. They all went out to meet the bridegroom. They all fell asleep. They all awoke when the call came that the bridegroom was coming, and they all trimmed their lamps. But there was one difference between them that made five of them wise and five of them foolish. It was how prepared they were, prepared for a long night. The wise virgins brought extra oil to keep their lamps burning. The foolish ones didn't even think about it until it was too late. Jesus does not explain the symbolism of this parable. He merely ends it with a sharp warning: "Keep watch." There are lamps that are tended by priests in the temple. The word of God. Is a light to our path. We are to shine our lights before all people, and Jesus Himself was the light of the world. In the parable of the ten virgins, the oil was necessary to keep their lights burning. Oil 
was used when offering sacrifices and when anointing kings. Oil can be a symbol of the Holy Spirit. How can we be like the wise virgins? Watch and be prepared. Live a sacrificial life under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Consider how you could have long-term burning of the light inside of you. Burning for a short time is not enough. We need to persevere and continue to shine to the very end. The end of the story of the virgins was a wedding feast. The wise virgins arrived on time with well-lit lamps. Let us watch and be prepared for the future wedding feast. As we head towards the return of Christ, Jesus tells us to watch and be prepared, and we will be welcomed into the wedding feast. Three servants, get to work with what God has given you. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. So whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This story has a very clear beginning, middle, and end. At the beginning, the master makes preparations for his trip. He considers his servants' abilities and gives them a job to do while he's away take care of his things. He didn't give them an outlined plan for investment. He just entrusted them with his wealth and left. The middle part of the story is when the two servants immediately got to work. Notice, they did not take it easy and give themselves a holiday while the master was gone. They hopped to it. The third servant also got to work, digging a hole to hide the money and then possibly kicking back and relaxing. The ending of the story is quite dramatic. The first thing to note is that the master called everyone to give an account for what they had done with the money. 
the most capable and the least capable, all were expected to bring him some return. For the two servants who got to work and grew the funds, the master called them good and faithful and promoted them by putting them in charge of many things and entering into his own joy. The third servant he called wicked and lazy. Note the contrast. Good, wicked, faithful, lazy. He took away the money from the worthless servant and kicked him out. The one thing the master is looking for is an increase of his wealth. He wants his servants to be good, know how to invest, and faithful, get to work. Even depositing the money in a bank would have been acceptable. Looking towards his return, Jesus expects us to be working with the riches he has entrusted to us. Regardless of your ability level, you have been given something, and he is expecting an increase in your life. Upon his return, when he sees how you have been responsible in a few things, he will welcome you into his joy and entrust you with even greater things. Sheep and Goats, Serving the Needy with Compassion Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46 When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from his goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison to go visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The final piece of the preparation picture Jesus shared was not a parable, but was told like a parable. He said that when the Son of Man comes in his glory, all people will be gathered and then separated, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep will be called righteous and will receive an inheritance of a kingdom and eternal life. The goats will be called cursed and will go away to eternal punishment. This part of Jesus' teaching was all about serving those in need. There were five things that the righteous would do. Number one, feed the hungry. Number two, give drink to the thirsty. 
Number three, welcome the stranger in. Number four, clothe the naked. Number five, look after the sick. Number six, visit the imprisoned. These cover the basic physical needs of all people, food, water, shelter, clothing, health, and comfort and companionship. These could also be viewed as spiritual needs, spiritual food of the word, spiritual drink of the spirit, clothing consisting of Christ's righteousness, strengthening in spiritual health, and meeting those who are bound in spiritual chains. Serving the needy in these areas is not to be left to professional caregivers or ministry workers. This is precious service that all followers of Jesus Christ are called to do. You might be wondering, but I don't know who needs help. I've never met someone in prison and everyone in my family has enough to eat. Sometimes those in need are hidden away and need someone to come looking for them. Other times the person who needs help is right in front of you, but you didn't have a mindset to help and you missed the opportunity. Consider your life in four circles. The first circle is the circle of people immediately around you. This would be your family members and maybe closest friends. The next circle is your broader friend group, fellowship, coworkers, and people you see on a daily basis, maybe even just casual acquaintances. The third circle would be a wide circle of your city and community. In this circle, there are people you do not know, but you live in the same area. The fourth circle is the widest circle, which includes people out of your immediate community and city and really is the whole world. Are you impacting people's lives in all four circles? Are you looking for those in need and serving with the compassion of Jesus? It is common for us all to focus on one circle and ignore the others. For instance, you might be really connected to your friend group and looking for how you can take care of people that you really enjoy spending time with. Have you ever thought of looking beyond your circle of friends to the next circle of your community? How can you serve the city? Are there organizations that are caring for the sick or poor? Nowadays, it is possible to reach the world through the internet, our giving, and of course, prayers. The closest closest circle around you might be the only circle you see, or the opposite, the circle you find it hardest to, to serve. Ask the Lord to show you how you can be counted as one of his sheep who serve him. For whenever you care for someone in need, it is as if you were caring for Jesus Christ himself. If we have that mindset of serving Jesus, not just serving people, that will give us a whole new motivation for looking for those in need. Last night, a friend called me in tears asking for prayer. She was in pain and had been to the emergency room that day, but was not feeling better. I had just read the passage in Matthew 25. Here was my opportunity to care for the sick. I didn't have to look too far. She called me. We prayed, and then I offered to go with her to the hospital in the morning if she still wasn't feeling better, and I told her she could message me in the night. I had a restless sleep and woke up several times to check my phone for her message. There was none. At 4.50 a.m., I heard a knock three times, and I woke up. I wondered if the Lord had woken me up. I checked the phone, and there was a message from my friend. She was still in pain and asked if I could meet her at 7.30 a.m. to go to the doctor. When I met her in the morning, we prayed that God would lead us to the right doctor, 
and that she would get immediate relief. After some wandering in the hospital, we were strangely sent by the hospital staff to the VIP part of the hospital. She saw a doctor and immediately found relief. We were both so happy. We got to spend this special time together, see God's goodness, and both have a testimony of God helping us find the way way in the hospital, even to receive VIP help. She was relieved of pain, and I was so blessed to be with her. Before I said goodbye, I told her I had just read Matthew 25 about the sheep and the goats, and God gave me an opportunity to respond. To prepare for the return of Jesus, let's live in Christ's compassion to meet the needs of the world around us, from our family and friends to strangers in our city and beyond. We will be blessed, and when we stand before Jesus, we will be counted among the righteous. All the nations of the world. There will come a time when all the people of the world will stand before God. On that day, will you be ready? Jesus instructs us in three vivid stories how we can be prepared for that great and awesome day. We are to watch and be prepared keeping our light shining, fueled by the Spirit. Whatever God has given us, we should use faithfully and get to work to multiply. And with compassion, we can meet the needs of the world. This is a life that is worthy of God's kingdom. All that is needed for this life is provided by Jesus. He is the light. He gives the riches, and He is there with the ones who need help. Thanks for having some spiritual limei with us. We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. And we hope you come back for some more. We love ya.